Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Another week, another thrown together, not very well thought out, Custard TV podcast. Yay! Hello. Yay! Yay! Semi-interesting podcast coming your way. As um, always, we don't, promise that. we don't promise anything that we can't deliver. <laughs> exactly, and sometimes not even that. A lot of people worried about you of late, and just thinking... You said a lot of wonder, people. Like me and Gary and some listeners. You've fallen over. You're going to move house. You've thought you had the virus when when last we spoke. What's the latest well, I on the, you? I had the symptoms. I didn't, you know, they told me to self-isolate. Um, as I said to you just before we started recording, I'm just like up and down really at the moment in terms of energy levels. Um, obviously still working from home, but... I just, uh, you know, I've got, uh, occasionally I'll have a sore throat, occasionally I'll have, like, aches in my body, but nothing, you know, I've I've not had this cough, you know, I've not had a particularly high temperature. I mean, I haven't left the house since last Thursday now, and, and the advice is that as long as I haven't got, you know, like, either a cough or specifically, in this case, a high temperature, that I can leave the house. Do you own a thermometer? No. We don't have one. No. No, they just tell you to touch your chest. Ooh. They said, touch your chest, is it warm to touch? But then I'm thinking, you know, if I'm wearing... Three jumpers. Three jumpers, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's actually quite warm outside. Well, certainly the sun's out, so it's quite warm in the house at the moment. So I don't know how much that affects it and things like that. You know, it's... So just touch your chest with your hand, that's the yeah. test. Yeah, and it's all right at the moment. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna get to the midway point. I'm gonna ask you again, Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Netflix appear to be winning the lockdown. Not only have they added 15 million subscribers worldwide since the whole everybody being in business, but they also say that uh, everything that they were planning to have on the surface in 2020 is already in the can and ready to go. So Netflix shouldn't really be affected this year. Everything that they were going to air is still going to air, and that's where they differ from virtually every other broadcaster and every other service provider. ITV have announced the cast for isolation dramas, these four 15-minute dramas from Jeff Pope 
uh, are going to star Sheridan Smith, Eddie Marzen, Philip Glenister, Darren Boyd, Angela Griffin, all filmed by the cast and directed remotely. I, I just think that's a terrible idea, but maybe it's just me. I don't know. It depends, I suppose, what the what the subject is, really. So, they, so how ITV are going to do it, they're going to... Um, show them at 9pm in the first week of May. They are overseen by Jeff Pope. The first one, uh, so it's Sheridan Smith, who's alone and heavily pregnant and fed up with life, faces going through the birth without the married father of the child who has chosen to stay with his wife and family in isolation. Then there is Ron and Russell. This is the one with Robert Glenister and his son, Tom Glenister. This one has been written by um, Jeff Pope, and it is Ron is ill with the virus and confused about where he is and what's happening. And one of his sons is trapped, isolating with him, and they discuss their tricky relationship. Okay. No, thank you. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, I suppose uh, before you go on, because I got, I've yeah. got the gist now. Your issue, I suppose, here is. I don't want to be seeing what's going on at the moment. I, I want to no, use TV no, no, as, no, 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 as escapism. Well, or is it, this is good, it's going to look awful? Or what's your... Gonna, it's going to look awful. It's going to be thrown together and it's going to add nothing to the drama sphere other than oh. filling 15 minutes at nine. I suppose playing devil's advocate, something like Talking Heads by Alan Bennett, you know, that never had the biggest production budget you know it's mainly an actor walking around the set talking and that seems very similar to what we're having here i i, I suppose technology wise is, is where it's going to look low rent but it's not saying just because it's been a quick production schedule that the scripting's not going to be good and the and the story's not going to be good i think you're making large assumptions there i'll eat my hat if and i may have to if we can't go to a big supermarket soon if it's any good, I will, I will yeah. apologise profusely. Yeah, I, I think it's not going to be yeah. any good. I get where you're coming from in terms of it being. We need to put something on. Let's do this. I think there's a difference between it being a quick production turnaround and it being thrown together. I think they're two different things. I would feel more inclined to be almost more interested so, in it if they weren't 15 minutes droplet my my issue is that it's 15 minutes so what yeah. what what so, story could you really tell in that time but it's a um, sort of one-off monologue style that we're looking at here so you can still tell a story in 15 minutes and i suppose who's it for is there that's always a question with drama who's it for and i don't really think there's a public appetite for watching actresses in their living room talking to you as characters in the situation that you're in as so well. again it goes to... back to not wanting to watch something that you're going through then no no it's not that it's just why why would you have an appetite for watching an actress in their living room it's all going to be static it's not going to be yeah i get you know, I, I, I get what you're saying and you feel it's more they're doing it to put something on rather than them being invested in actually producing this in a similar vein, um, NBC have announced that to raise money, they're bringing back the cast of Parks and Recreation, which is one of my all-time favourite comedies. But I can't get excited about that, because although the cast are in character, it's just like watching a big Zoom call with them all. They can't go outside and 
and you know make porny and they yeah they can add the credits music and they can tart it up a bit but it's like you and I talking now mm. just because they're in character doesn't mean it's not watching Amy Poehler in a part of her house I don't know what the interest is in it I'm more like want... theatre than TV yeah well it's not even that because theatre you can suspend belief a little bit I suppose you? you've got to suspend the the belief that they're in their homes and instead they're in the characters' homes, yes, aren't they? Yes, exactly, yeah. That's but... the belief. You just think too much, that's your problem. Stop thinking. Oh, God, all right. I'll have some bleach and be done with yeah. it. <laughs> the best and the worst on the box. It's the Custard TV podcast. They're too good to be true! I should preface the reviews by saying I've had a very up-and-down week mood-wise and that it might reflect the way I felt about each of the shows. The shows this okay. week are BBC Three's Normal People, which a weird um, schedule um, is going to be all on the iPlayer, all 12 episodes on Sunday. So by so the you, time you hear this. By the time you hear this, it'll all be there. And if you want to watch it on the telly telly, you've only got to wait till the day after Monday, where BBC One are showing it in in our blocks. So they've effectively made it. A is that every Monday? Drama. Every Monday, as okay. far as I'm aware. I said last week that I feel like that is a reaction to the virus as well because I don't know. I mm-hmm. don't know for a fact, but I can't imagine that if things ticked along normally, that this would have got 9 yeah. p.m. Monday no, night. No, I agree. I agree with that. An adaptation of Sally Rooney's hugely popular book. The thing is that um, everybody that's read the book has praised the series, which is often the other way, isn't it, with adaptations? That people but she's go... involved, isn't she? She's adapted yes. it alongside Alice Birch. So this is, as I say, a 12-parter. It is all on uh, the BBC Unplayer on Sunday and then on Monday, and then it's also a co-production where is, with... Where is it showing on in the USA? Hulu. Hulu. It's a series that follows Marianne, played by... Daisy Edgar-Jones, last seen as one of Karen's twin daughters in Cold Feet, and Connell, played by... Paul Meskell. Paul Meskell, it's his TV debut, and it just charts their their romantic lives from um, the last year of school into college and beyond. Um, Matt, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. I, I, How many I, did you watch? Did you only you, watch you, two? You, you, you told me to watch two. Yeah. Uh, currently, I've watched five. You were saying before about how you don't think this would have been on primetime BBC One without the lockdown and the necessity for content. And and I agree with you. But the question I would have is, why shouldn't it be? No, uh, I, I think, agree with you. I agree I, with I think that as well. The the images that it's. The, the focus is on, as you say, two young people, uh, Marianne and Connell. Initially, it's about them at school together. Connell is a popular sports star. Marianne is an outsider, very much doesn't have any friends. He's quite smart mouth with both fellow pupils and the teachers. Their connection is that Connell's mum cleans uh, Marianne's family's home. They're quite disparate from each other quite cold it's her her mum and her older brother who is quite dismissive of her the relationship between her and her mum is she says in a later episode we're not close you know they don't get on each other's nerves per se but there's a there's a coldness there connell and his mum which you do see that relationship in later episodes have got a different relationship obviously they're 
the different end of the social spectrum. Mariani seen as this kooky character, but they have this conversation when he comes to pick his mum up from her house and by and by they end up um sleeping together several times having a regular sexual relationship even though he doesn't want to acknowledge that this is going on at school and they're still very distant at school and she still gets picked on by his friends they've both got this social awkwardness but because he is in with the in crowd in school he's able to hide it more and you said this on twitter to someone that you you thought it had a tenderness to it and i i, I think the the positives here are obviously the writing with with sally rooney being on board the two main characters are well crafted are believable the performances i i think paul meskel was the star here for me mm. She's, She's really great good. as well. I suppose this is his. He's done stage stuff before. This is his first, you know, screen yeah. thing that he's St- been in. TV debut. TV debut. I don't think he's done any movies either. You know, it's his screen debut. He's got sort of a physical charisma about him. Connolly's like, I suppose, strong, silent type would mm. be a good way to describe him. And I think. Uh, Paul Meskell plays that very well. The way it's directed as well, it's Lenny Abrahamson who directed yeah. Room, uh, directs most of this alongside Hetty MacDonald. And, and it looks fantastic. There's a lot of scenes that are dialogue-free where you're just yeah. looking at the characters, which I really like. They, I they it, concentrate on their breathing a lot yes, and their, yeah. their, their gestures mm. and their looks at one another. Mm. I'm glad that you watched more than the two. I was kind of assuming that you would my only criticism and it's a very tiny one and basically not worth bringing up but i want your opinion on it is that when i watched the first two my overriding thought was they're brilliant they're interesting but it didn't feel particularly tv it didn't feel particularly episodic what it felt like to me was that somebody had chopped up a really contemporary independent film and into Mm. bits so does, does it, as it goes on, does I it think... feel more like a TV show, more episodic, or does it just continue in the same mm. vein? I, I think it's got that episodic nature to it being a, a book, like a chapter. Mm. It's got like a chapter-esque structure to it. I, I think between three and four, there's a big jump in, in what's happening. I think the, I agree with you that the first two feel like they could have just been the one episode because yeah. they're sort of, there's that line she has about, oh, are we going to take all our take clothes, our clothes off, off now? Yeah. And she says that and uh, in episode one and then again in episode two. And it did feel to me, and I agree with you, that sentiment that those two episodes could have been one. But I feel that they pause it at the right time. Certainly there's bits at the end of eps three and four and five where it, it's a distinct sort of cut-off point and I, yeah i wondered as well whether the obviously they're the focus they're the normal mm. people of the of the title does the world widen any outside of them i, I suppose it's not a spoiler because the trailers that they, they be they put on the iplayer for this show that the later episodes is them at uni yeah. So you've got like the characters at uni, but I think like the characters at the school, they never feel fully formed. And I think that possibly would be my criticism. And I did read an interview with Sally Rooney where she said that one of her aims was to flesh out some of these supporting characters. But then she realised that Marianne and Connell were, char- were characters that were so deep that 
she didn't feel there was scope to do that that it had to just be these two characters and i think my criticism would be that maybe the characters and the actors who portray them and you used this phrase when we talked about noughts and crosses was a little bit sort of amdrammy you know yeah. like school friends and as it yes. goes like some of the uni friends They're instantly unforgettable aren't they you, yeah they instantly all unforgettable instantly forgettable sorry <laughs> they just i'm very tired uh they just the, sort of, the, they're just the background players, aren't they? One supporting performance that I did really enjoy was the actress who plays um, Connell's mum. And certainly at three, she is mm. excellent in... They focus on that relationship a lot and her thoughts on how he's treated Marianne. And it, that's, mm. a, that's a strong episode. And then the fourth one is them starting at uni and... and meeting again after a sustained period of time not seeing each other so that and again because i haven't read the book i don't i i don't know where it's going to go no, I, keep, keep, no. I think it's got that triple threat of looking really good of having two stunning performances and i would say as well yeah i mean i praise paul muscle but da- daisy edgar jones as well is excellent in this again with the with the looks and with the body language i think with both of them her playing this character that's out of place a lot of the time both at home and at school and has never really fit in certainly she more than him has to change significantly during Mm. the the latter episode so it's more of a a layered performance and basically what you're saying is what i what i was hoping you'd say is that if i liked those two which i did then there's no reason I wouldn't like the rest. Do you know what? I, I almost instinctively knew that this would be something you'd roll on with. Because if, they were there. If, if anything, I think you get more out of it as it goes on. I think Good. that second episode is very heavy on the sex scenes as well. Well, the thing is, the structure of it I find quite fascinating because the directors have both said it was designed to be in half-hour chunks, but then Hulu and the iPlayer are putting them all up there, so it means that you can just watch them as one long I, film piece. I suppose piece. With the, in terms of the iPlayer, part of that is because it's, it's under the BBC3 strand. Yeah. And I think, mo- apart from the most recent run of this country, I think everything gets oh, stuck. Everything mostly, yeah. Cause... It's going to have its viewers because I haven't read a, a single poor review. I read reviews after I'd seen the first two. And, and the US critics seem to find it really engaging. UK critics seem to love it. So it's going to be hit either a critical hit or a viewer i'll be interested hit. to see if it does hit with the 9 p.m bbc one death in paradise repeat yeah. crowd yeah but the i i suppose noughts and crosses was a that uh, wasn't a hit as it a turned gamble. out though yeah. yeah let's see we'll put something different on see who who goes for it really i i suppose does it all have to be silent witness death in paradise no. Not should we not be taking these these risks? Normal people, I shall say it again, all on the iPlayer from Sunday the 26th or on in double bills on Monday nights from Monday the 27th of April uh, on BBC and One. And to our Irish listeners, on RTE on the 28th. There you and go. On, on Hulu, who's getting it last, actually. Yeah. Hulu, I think, gets it 
on the 29th. Not the Irish should get it first. It's very Irish. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. But I, yeah. I just... Yeah, sorry. Come on, because I, I, I've been talking a lot and you, you haven't... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Looking to give back this holiday season? Donate to the Army Historical Foundation. For 40 years, the Army Historical Foundation has ensured our nation never forgets the sacrifices of those who serve. As the Army's nonprofit partner, the foundation constructed the National Museum of the United States Army. The foundation's work also extends beyond the museum's walls, restoring artifacts, touring historic battlefields, and remembering all we owe to America's Army veterans. Donate today at armyhistory.org. Really no, I sword. liked it. I I thought she was what drew me to it initially. They do have a great, believable dynamic between them. This is the word I used. is It's tender. tender it's yeah. gentle. It's yeah. sweet. It's, it's believable. And I I think just one more point before we move on is that I certainly could relate to both of them. They they convey the awkwardness and that sense of not being able to fit in when you're a teenager both at school and later at college and i think the later episodes look at the sort of change in your identity when you go from being in a small town in like sligo it's where it starts whether at school and then then both moving to dublin in in the later episodes it doesn't sort of waste time introducing you to the world no. to the characters you're just sort of thrown in and it's the it's the dialogue and it's the gestures and things that tell yeah. you who these people are, what they're like, and that it's so refreshing not to have this it's could be a so lack easy... of dialogue in a yeah. way. As it goes on, it's more about them separately. Yeah, the, well, it the... would have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah, together. So, uh, but one episode will have one of them say for fifteen minutes, and then the other one for fifteen minutes, and like only the affair. Are, are they together? <laughs> yeah, like the, like the affair, but. <laughs> And, this is a classy version four, of the and three and four are very focused on him which is possibly why i'm very sort of big on here especially for your first major role that well, anyone's gonna see i i suppose daisy edgar jones i only really know from cold feet and and her role in that is pretty minimal for most of yeah, it isn't it she yeah. just arrives and had more to do in the last series but yeah, yeah. i'm gonna yeah. use it again it's a very tender, tender show it's not a teen show in the sense of it's loud and brash. It is quiet and delicate and a lot of lingering shots and rugged Irish countryside. I, and I think most scenes people, are very gentle. Yeah, would identify with how these characters feel at you know at high school. I think it's got that relatability to it as well and that authenticity to it. Possibly didn't have that pressure to have that mainstream appeal to it because it initially was going to be a bbc3 thing that possibly not a lot of people would have seen because it would have just been there on the yeah. iplayer it, it's that really is character driven 
story second really yeah and that's the sort of thing i often um, yeah drawn yeah this, to is, anyway. this is this is your this thing is me in a, this is me this, in a, this is uh, this is a believable world with sympathetic yeah. characters this the is thing is though i, I didn't i nearly went on to three and i thought well if matt's not watched it i don't want to blur mm. the lines so this is weird we've never done this before in my knowledge but we're going to cut here because we recorded on Saturday, uh, and I listened back. I've edited the podcast. I listened back, and I had uh, a lukewarm, that's the phrase we're going to use ever, ever so often now, response to the normal people. Matt was raving about it, and then I sort of said, after all his um, talking about it, yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked it. And um, it's, I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I think what it is, those, like we said in the review, not to repeat ourselves, those those first two should have been one because it was episode three where it's about the debutante ball and why doesn't he ask her and there's looks to Debs, camera. Debs, they call yeah, it. Just Debs. Debs. Why, you know, why... That's the one where, you, where I realised after just an hour and a bit in these people's companies, I really feel empathy for them my heart was breaking that he just didn't ask her you really feel invested and attached it's the way he just says i've asked it i've asked this other girl he doesn't even not ask her yeah like do you mind if i ask her but it's it's just so well done and i didn't appreciate from the first two episodes when we did the review just how bloody good you said it how blooming good he is because Mm. his character actually is is very much an introvert or he can do things with his face and with his expressions mm-hmm. and with his looks that convey so much more than any dialogue although the dialogue in this is wonderful that, that the dialogue ever could because his expressions you're just immersed in him whenever he's on screen and those episodes that pretty much focus on him have been my favorite so far mm-hmm. admittedly I'm can you see sort of where i was where i was yes. coming from my sort of reaction maybe ahead because you'd seen the first two and it was main it was more sort of focused on her perhaps yeah on on um marianne in in the first two episodes and then it switches and i, I love his relationship with his mum as well i was I just gonna that was say all. that the scene another scene that i just thought was remarkable uh was the scene where uh, his mum finds out that he didn't attempt to ask her to go to the Debs and says pull over, he's driving, she says pull over and she's so irritated and so disappointed in him that she gets out of the car and walks home on her own and it's just those... Is she walking home or is she walking to working because she then finds her, doesn't she? she, But that's the, does that, does the scene where she finds her, because she she stops going to school, doesn't she, after finding out that he's not asked her to the Debs and She's home alone, and and the mum comes in. I think it's Lorraine, the name of the mum, and um, basically gives her that sort of maternal warmth that she doesn't get from her own mother. And she says, "Good for you, you know, good for you for for not going." And mm. you know, she really appreciates. She sort of unpicks what her son's been doing because he's been rationalising it, and she says, "Well, you've been doing it in secret and not." And how do you think she feels about that? That nobody knows what's going on and you're having sex with her and then making a lie about it, basically. But the interesting thing is that this this thing about it all being a secret, it, it carries on into their 
their uni lives and mm. they have new groups of friends and even the friends are starting to you are you're t- you two are together yes kind of and and mm. um it's really so, really interesting i, I would I spoke, say yeah go on. it's e- i've said this on twitter i want to say it on the podcast in case people don't follow me it is oh, easily the best easily the best bbc drama in a long long mm. time i can't remember the last time because you know how I'm always saying the BBC go are doing big. They always do big now. Which mm. is quite... But this was this this was a BBC Three drama, wasn't it? Oh. Sorry. This what I'm going. What I was saying was this was a bit. I suppose we haven't really watched a lot of stuff that's been produced for BBC Three. Well, actually, like, it was produced for Hulu. 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 Hulu, Hulu, and and it was a it was a BBC. It wasn't BBC Three. It was a BBC and Hulu production. And right, they hadn't decided, decided what to put it on the BBC on. Three, right. and then I think COVID meant that it went, as yeah. we said earlier, yeah. onto the BBC. But they've been they all their dramas have been so big, even ones we've liked, like The Nest and Line of Duty, big, big. Big premises, big action yeah. pieces. Well, this is emotional, we, and it, what we always, gets... yeah, what we always say is that it's to get that international money. But this has been internationally sold, hasn't it? I, I, and it, it's that perception that the international buyers, mainly the US buyers, will only go for things that are big, like the mm. His Dark Materials, but, 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 or but, but, the. the the reviews from overseas because it's it's we said top, earlier top. it's on Hulu it's on Stan which is a, mm. a streaming service in Australia and across the board people are just whether they've read the text like you and I haven't or whether they have they've just really fallen under its spell and I I think that it says that this story is universal these characters are universal and it doesn't have to be these big dramatic pieces of TV if you get if you get the characters right and you get the story right, you pitch it at quite a low end. Nothing. I mean, I'm only halfway through. Nothing overly dramatic happens, but no. I get to the I get to the end of each episode, and I'm just I just love the world. And I I I say this about a lot of things. That I could see myself revisiting. I will honestly rewatch this again because there are little moments in it that you'll miss and not pick up on. Yeah, because of, of it... how sweet it is. And it's the, I, I think the thing, because I've watched it all now, and I think we should have another discussion once you've watched so it all as well. This will never go out. <laughs> <laughs> no, next week, I mean. Okay, next week. Yeah. Uh, sort of possibly like a recap of the entire series. But yeah. for me, it's about these two characters who socially were in different spectrums, both at school and then when they go to, they call it college in Ireland, don't they, but uni. Um, and she in uh, there's the big time jump between three and four and and he's finding it harder to make friends when he goes to dublin whereas she certainly fits in with the group and finds people but it's it's their lack of self-worth both of them mm. have and that that's the theme that goes throughout the 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 12 episodes really and it'd be interesting to speak to you about once you've watched it as well but yeah. de- definitely three and four it's mainly focused on on um, Connell, Paul Meskell, and both the the stuff with him and his mum and the Debs and all that, and then him starting in Dublin, being quite isolated in his room at his share house. But 
sort of nostalgic for life in Sligo. Yeah, and then there's a sequence where she goes back for her mother's birthday and they it just shows the complete opposite lies mm. because the brother is sort of stuck in Sligo. He hasn't flown the coop and he's very jealous and envious of what Marianne's been able to do. She's got a new circle of friends and she's intelligent and there's there's a quite an interesting scene where he just pours a load of water over her in the sink. Oh, is that in that one? I mean, that, that goes back as well, doesn't it, to the revelation that her dad used to hit her mum because yeah. her dad's died, so he's almost this um, saintly figure above this family. That, um, there's a, there's a episode later on where she comes back for a memorial mass for him, which you get the impression that this is a regular occurrence maybe yeah. year on year, but he's, it feels like he's almost passed these genes that he had, this violent temperament Onto has been son. passed on to his son, who again has got this image of himself in the local community and anything his sister does will look bad on him and and that, and that abuse as well and her normalizing it really as well but there's, there's I, also that that sense on that i get from from being at the halfway point that um she is a very independent woman she's she's very intelligent she's got a great head on her shoulders and she's she's you know can do anything go anywhere and then there's a scene where they talk about possibly having a threesome and, and they both say no we're not going to do that and she says i would have done it i'd do anything mm, to make you happy yeah. you know which really threw me because i thought this yeah. is, those aren't the sort of words I'd expect to come out of her mouth that she and would that's, do anything and that, to keep him happy. And that's what I mean about the the sense of self worth, and that yeah. actually plays into the themes in the later episodes. And there's uh, a the, sequence where she he asks if he could have a picture of her, and she mm. reluctantly agrees to mm. take a, a nude. Yeah, um, that's a phrase <laughs> I don't use often on the podcast. I like well, we that. never reviewed nudes, did we? On no, BBC we did that should be our next. I review. review my own nudes. But um, not not the ones on the TV. But it is delightful. Mm. If that's not too much, I don't delight. I, I yeah. I, I think I said it's it's sincere. It's genuine. Sincere, tender, it's genuine. Tender. Everything. Everything I say, things aren't. This is, mm. and yeah. that's why I love it so much. And it's I just think... two characters you can buy into, and and I, I think we'll have a, a discussion when you finished it about possibly them doing another series i don't know sally rooney hasn't written a second book but it no, doesn't feel as if as if it's sort of a big little lie situation where so they're not going to bring meryl streep in to play a grandma where there wasn't it. another where there wasn't any scope because it was so popular this feels like she's definitely left the characters if it's the same way that the book ended yeah on a very ambiguous note um just to say to you and others who haven't got that far yet, it, but it basically goes throughout there to the end of their college career. So, it, I, which is four years, as far as I can think, it was four years of college plus the bit we got in high school. So, yeah. it's essentially five years of these characters as well that you're spending time with. So, you really feel like you know them by the end of the of the of the show, and it takes that it takes you to. And I don't know whether they film there, but there's a an episode that's all in Italy. There's several episodes where she's in Sweden. Hmm. So my, my problem is I haven't, I've been raving a lot, but I haven't genuinely felt this much affection for a show in a long time. And I don't, the temptation is because it's all there to go through it. And 
I don't want, you know, I know like a lot of people would have done, and I don't begrudge anyone for doing it, but I will feel like I don't have anything to watch once I finish this because nothing's going to scratch that itch in quite the same way as this did. Yeah. So it's going to be quite. I will finish it. Do, I, I mean, is it something you'd be watching on the Monday nights? With you know, is it something that you would watch with your parents, for example, because of the um, the graphic nature of it? The graphic nature wouldn't worry me. Well, I say, gra- I say, gra- I say, graphic. It's not it's, graphic. It's it's, it's um. There's a lot. And, and there's a lot of. I suppose the would you be comfortable watching that amount of nudity and sex scenes with your parents? Is, well, the is fact my... that I know that the, the fact that I know that this it's when they surprise you and you don't know they're going to be on screen that it would be awkward. But I don't know whether they would feel the affection for these characters that I would just with the age gap. But I I don't know. Um, I uh, could, I could to be fair, Luke, they are them. like twice our. At the start, they're you know we're twice their age. I know, but I'm, like young heart, I'm young at heart. I'm young at heart. Yeah. Normal people, I've said, let me say it for probably the fourth time, and I apologise. All on iPlayer, all on the BBC, and uh, three strand there uh, on the iPlayer. And all I on know Stan you... in Australia, all on uh, Hulu on Wednesday. RTE in Ireland. RTE on Thursday. <laughs> and and, and uh, chilled on Sunday. Uh, but if you. Uh, I know you mentioned it already, but I've read it now. Erin's review on the website is excellent as well, if you yeah. want to check that out. Yeah, very good. CustardTV.com for that. Also proving that our podcast, which we recorded on Sunday, is massively out of date and and also massively good at predicting... What yes, I was going to say in this. The future. If, I, if um, I know what you're going to say next. Yeah. The BBC have announced that a stellar cast will reenact some of those classic talking heads mm. from Alan Bennett. I've been mentioning talking heads for weeks now. Yeah, it must be it must have been I think they listen I think the BBC commissioners listen to this podcast. They must even though even though that what we said in it hasn't gone out yet. They've somehow yeah. heard it. But I, I I think we mentioned it previously. I'm sure we have. I'm sure I mentioned it. it might have been actually when we were talking about inside number 9. So, um while I hate the idea of isolation <laughs> stories, this is much more up my street. It's it's a proper script that's been done before. It's talent we know and love, and it's going to be taking place using existing sets at the BBC Alstree Studios. It's not done on their phones or in their own homes. This is proper sets. Listen to this cast. Jodie Comer, Monica Dolan, Martin Freeman, Tamsin Gregg, Sarah Lancashire, Leslie Manville, Maxine yep. Peake, Roshenda oh. Sandal... Christine Scott Thomas, Amanda Stoughton, and Harriet Walter. And you and you, skip, and you skipped one. Is that because you can't pronounce it? I didn't want. <laughs> is it Lucian Masmetti? I, I think that's what we've said before. He was in yeah. um, Kiri, wasn't he? He's the granddad. Yes. I mean that is that's just. I mean, just to say, they're not all in the one thing. These are talking heads, so it's yeah. one person. Explain talking heads to the to the younger listeners, because I think we've probably got at least two. It, well, that's, uh, you're right. We did mention it in Inside Number Nine because mm. we said that the the episode with the convict was very mm-hmm. talking was a tribute to Talking Heads. So it's it's one character talk telling a story, mm. usually autobiographical, to the camera, and so this is why this will work. And isolation stories, I don't think will, but we'll watch that and find uh, out. And it was uh, the, some of the actors I remember for. Because I think it was, uh, without looking it up on Wikipedia, I'm sure I remember watching some of the later series, or unless they yeah. repeated it, 
They think, repeated it because I saw some of them. Uh, Thor, oh, is it Thora Heard is one that rings a bell. I know Judy that. Walters. Uh, Patricia Routledge did one. Um, I'm thinking David Haig did mm. one, but I'm not 100 percent sure he did. Yeah. I'm just looking at the dates now on them. They only did. Uh, I... There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I suppose this is all off the music because they only did 13. Um, I'm just trying to have a look at when... Yeah, there was a series in 99, so there was one in 89, one in 99. Oh, I didn't see or that. Or 98. Okay. The... Eight, okay, 82... Here we go. So there was one... In... The first one was 1982, which was Patricia Routledge. And then... You're going to cut all this, but then... Uh, there was a series in 88... A series in 88, which was... Alan Bennett, Patricia Routledge, Maggie Smith, Stephanie Cole, Julie Walters, Thora Heard, and then a series in 98, which I think I remember, which was Patricia Routledge again, Eileen Atkins, David Haig, Julie Walters, Penelope Wilton, and Thora Heard. Amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, so those were the the ones I think I remember that 98 series. And the thing is, people will be more intrigued by this, not only because of that amazing cast list that i read out but also because talking heads is a bbc brand it's almost a institution that people will know even if they've not seen any of them uh, they will be aware of talking heads and for the bbc to bring this back seems absolutely right and i'm so pleased that it's being filmed in the studio on a set how sad am i that this brings me pleasure because the isolation stories just don't appeal as i said earlier this I'm going to watch every single one of these and probably be obsessed with them. Um, so that's they're coming soon, I, I think. Yeah. As well. And it would be good for if they have the rights for the BBC to put these old ones on the iPlayer as well, or, or BritBox or somewhere so we can watch mm. them. Yeah. Well, I saw that uh, Children's Warden Press Gang are coming to BritBox. Are you tempted? Look <laughs> <laughs> at that free month. Well, Children's Ward a little bit, just because it's got that um, that pedigree, hasn't it? That all yeah. the the big, you know, the Russell T Davies, the Paul Abbott, Paul the Sally Wayne, Sally Wayne, right? Amazing all, team. All all of them were, and and having seen Russell T Davies and Sally Wainwright talk about it at, at one of the Edinburgh festivals that that we were, I don't think you went to that one, did you? No, the one no, Sally Wainwright that no, I went to. Uh, that it was. It was a real sort of breeding ground for them and it was ahead of its time really in a lot of ways that they were tackling these issues on a, on a children's show. And Press Gang as well with Stephen Moffat, wasn't it? Yeah. So that's so, interesting. Yeah. They're coming yeah. to Brit Bonks. 
Talking Heads mm. is coming to the BBC. Filming started yesterday, um, and I think they're going to try and get these out. I say yesterday, today's Tuesday as we record, so started Monday. Um, so I think they're going to try and get these out, strike while the iron's hot, and get these out. I don't suppose they take a lot in the edit or a lot in post-production or anything, so... I'm really looking forward to those. Um, maybe if I were the BBC, I would wait and see if we ran out of soaps and play these at seven thirty, where EastEnders mm. should be, because that seems. seems what smart What do you think they will do once they run out of soaps? What would they well, put? The would I- they put the I- the idea has been floated to show classic episodes, but I don't mm. see how. You and have... do UK have the rights to that? Because they, they show the classic UK EastEnders, don't they? Classic EastEnders, but. Mm. Yeah, it's it gonna be so odd. When mm. we started the when we did the first podcast about you know about how this was gonna affect yeah. things, I didn't for one moment think that soaps would stop filming. That was mm. really shocking. I I think the point now yeah. where we're gonna be running out is, is yeah. I mean I think we're nothing's gonna be in production till at least the end of May, if not longer. I mean they're they're they're, they're, ta- they're Do you reckon? I reckon. Yeah, July. July. Yeah, I mean, I think the touting things, like at the start of June at the moment, they're looking to ease things. And uh, but you posted that story, didn't you? And I don't think we talked about it about Sweden, Denmark going back to yeah, their filming Twitter feed, yeah, film things and their new restrictions that I was thinking maybe they'll put these in. I mean, as you say, these talking heads are in a studio, so yeah. it's minimal cast, it's one actor. And it's but... probably minimal crew. You don't need, you probably need a sound guy, camera guy. Yeah. You know, they. So, could, you don't need makeup, yeah. you know, that. So it might just thing. have to be when they're scripting these soaps, filming it differently, because the set, they've got the sets and everything. The, and and the, I suppose written wise, they can't. It's only going to be like the pub scenes, I suppose, that they'll struggle with. The Maybe they should. The difficulty is you can't have. I suppose you can't have characters kissing or embracing or no. or even you know patting each other on the back or shaking hands. Or well, I, yeah, it's it's weird. I suppose it's going to be one where they'll they'll have to play it by here and look at the restrictions and things and and what they say about contact going forward once also rumored that strictly won't be back this year and they're aiming to do it in january that's a shame as well just means that um things are just out the window and next year it's going to be so busy yeah that uh, we can't we won't be able to is that is that because of the contact issues that's because you know they they just don't think Mm. they can have Two people, because basically you're two people from two different households mm. in constant contact. Yeah. You know, getting it, I suppose it's better teams. to be safe than sorry, isn't it? At and the then end. would that show would just fall flat? I think without an audience as well. So they got to give that. Yeah. Obviously, the audience at home would be just as large, and they're mm. in charge of the voting and all that. But I think it would fall flat if you yeah. want that. I mean, I, I think without an audience, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't because sometimes the audience I found quite irritating. Yeah, but I, I suppose well. I, I I suppose it's more for the the performance. of it. No, I was going to say it's more of a um, what's the word moral booster for the for the performers for the celebrities mm. who are dancing yeah. that and and something where Tess Daly can go listen to that. Yes. yes. 
I'd like her to do that if there were no audience. You could hear a pin yeah. drop. Listen to that. So, um, it wasn't what we were expected to talk about, but that's another rumour. And the other rumour is that we will get two series of The Apprentice next year uh, instead of uh, none this year. That's what uh, Sir Alan Sugar has been, or Lord Sugar has been saying so, yeah. on Twitter. As so, well. there's just so going to be everything next year, nothing. Everything next year and in 2022. Basically, you can go to sleep for the rest of 2020, apart from these talking heads, which I'm very excited But it would be interesting to see if we get more things like this and and what they can do. I mean, would they rush something like, for example, like an Inside Number 9, where there is minimal cast? One, often one set, often yeah. one cast. You know, there's no normally no more than six people, is there, in... Mm. In a in an episode of of Inside Number Nine, no, and it's people. You know, there's no real affection. Let's get a series out of Bernie Clifton's dressing room. Yeah, <laughs> it'd just be interesting to see when the, the, we get the new res- the loosening of the restrictions and things start to go back into production. But the big things are being saved. I, I'm guessing that things that had started production. I don't know how far they yeah, were along, well, if they can rush the, some things out at, yeah, for the autumn. I don't, the problem is I don't think they can, because, for example, on the on the 9th of April, I was due to go on set of Unforgotten. They're sort of halfway through that, and anyone mm. who knows how that show works, it's dotted all over the country, it's a big cast, it's a big crew. Yeah. And uh, Chris Lang, who I spoke to briefly, said he has no idea what they're going to do. They haven't yeah. been told anything. And I think it's this uncertainty that everyone's yeah. experiencing. And I think yeah. us doing what we do, um, it, it's going to be harder for us. But you said, I'm going to try and segue now, you said that Netflix have got everything. Look at that. I, I can see what you're doing. Netflix you're making have, a got, pathway. have got everything set up for the yeah. till the end of the year. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. And also, can I, can I just say as well, what I've what I've heard a lot of people say is that, like you say, when the restrictions are lifted mm. and things go back to a semi-normal and they work, they work their way around things, people are worried then that there's going to be this massive backlog of crews, you know, because everybody's been furloughed and which mm-hmm. show do you go back to? Because you were sp- you were supposed to finish that show and be on to this one, so where does that show land? And does someone like Netflix, who can tempt people away with a load of money, poach all the crews yeah. to do their big show? It's there's going to be. I suppose that's more in the life. states, isn't it? Because there's not a, a great deal of Netflix. Well, UK, the Crown, for example, and the, the English game. But we're on the. the well, I suppose we're on the last series of the Crown, yeah. aren't we now? Yeah, thank God. Uh, um, so so yeah so <laughs> I trampled all over your beautiful segue <laughs> on Netflix uh, from Monday we have uh, Never Have I Ever which is a ten part sitcom comedy drama yeah would you say sitcom yeah uh, and it's it's created by uh, Mindy Carling of The Office fame stars and the Mindy Project. Uh, Stars a a lot of unknowns really. Um, the the lead is I'm going to butcher her name, um, but she she plays uh, the the lead character who I'm guessing is a sort of surrogate for Mindy Carling. I I don't know if this is her experiences of high school, if this is almost sort of a semi autobiographical piece. Um, 
the lead character is is Devi, who is a 15 year old when we first meet her we learn that several years prior that her dad had died of a heart attack during a cello recital at her school soon after this she becomes paralyzed and has to spend her first year of high school in a wheelchair this starts on the on the day of her sophomore year where she is keen to turn over a new leaf she has two friends who are um fabiola who is sort of a robotic student and eleanor who is a theater kid she's also got a a, a rival academically uh, ben she she sort of they are the the nerdy group in school but her aim is for them to get boyfriends and to have sex She's in a sort of strict Indian family at home. Her mum is a dermatologist. And they also live with her cousin, who is about to embark on an arranged marriage. The almost USP of this is that, that her life is being narrated by John McEnroe. God. And apparently that is explained. It's not quite as random yes, as it, it is. Expl- but it is explained in that you've seen the first episode, and it is explained in that that her, her dad had introduced... She'd gone to see... Uh, uh, she'd sort of... Woken up of a night, saw her dad watching a John McEnroe Bjorn Borg match, I think it was, and saying how his it was a figure that her dad admired, basically that John McEnroe um, was a, and it, it's an interesting element to it, I think that that John McEnroe narrates it. And actually, I you've only watched the first episode. I'm up to I I've watched yeah. six so far, and interestingly, there's an episode that focuses purely on Ben, and that episode is narrated by Andy Sandberg. Right. Can I just say, through fear of doing a third podcast this week, yeah. my in- <laughs> my initial thoughts on this first yeah, episode were were it's it's fun, it's bright, it's it's loud, it's colourful, it's cheery, it's uplifting, it's it's what you need at this time. But mm. my other thought was, is it just like a Blackish or a Goldberg's? Is it mm. something more special than that? And through fear of not wanting to write it off before I've seen it all, there must be something in it, apart from you having mm. more time, yeah. there's something in it that you've been drawn to, to be I, I, nearly I think, halfway yeah. through. I think it's, I, I like, the, it's it's likeable characters again, and it's believable characters, and the, and, and the voice feels sincere. As I say, I know Mindy Carling created it, but there's different writers who, without trying to sound xenophobic, the names seem like, you know, Indian women who are writing this, who obviously have experience of growing up as being the first generation of Indian women who have come to America and are trying to fit into that society. There's also elements of her being embarrassed of her Indian culture, but at the same time, should she be embracing this? It, it's one of those, it looks at the culture in, 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 in quite an interesting way. It does that through the cousin as well, who it has been, is in this arranged marriage, but is also in a secret relationship 
with someone who yeah. she's at college with as well. So that's an interesting. So you, I, feel, you feel it's a step up from those what we'd say network comedies. Yeah, I mean, you. I never watched, but I thought you quite liked Blackish. I did, but it, yeah. it became yeah. it became. I suppose you know, the moral, thing, moral yeah. dilemma of the week, and then yeah. uh, we all learn to. Le- it's yeah. not one of those we all learn to lesson in the end type sitcoms, is it? It's got. A, I suppose it hasn't got an element of that because it's a continuing story. So things often end with a, you know, come back next week because it's a Netflix thing. Yeah. it's It's got a continuing thing. It has got that element of the morals in there, but at the same time, you've got... It, it's believable in that there's... Things aren't solved within the... In the time frame of twenty Women. minutes, is that is right. that what you mean? Yeah, that's what but I yeah, mean. Like things do, happen. and then they go, "Oh, we all, you know, like I'm trying to think of an example because they're all so things do hang in the air. There are problems that the 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 one that is to me the most prominent is Kamala, the cousin who is struggling with these being being promised to someone but at the same time not wanting to be in this arranged marriage and I that like being the, her on, introduction was uh, a guy on porn the recycling bin and saying we have to stop he runs into the recycling bins on his bike and asks her if she's a model and then the mother says you can't you have to stop doing this the recycling bins can't take it so I mean, there are there, there are is a lot elements of, lines of that, in that, there sort of, that make yeah. me smile and, yeah. and not laugh out loud. I don't expect that from from comedy uh, and things like this country only do that for me. But... And there are elements of her with her mental health. She's seeing a therapist played by Nisi Nash, who oh, nice, <laughs> Nisi Nash. <laughs> is it Nisi or Nisi? No, it is Nisi. Nisi right. Nash, um, because she has got the these issues around her temper. And the, she, her inability to really discuss the—it's it, about the grief as well, about her dad passing away, and her and her mum both dealing with this, and the new family setup. And it's got big—I I suppose it's got bigger issues to deal with rather than like those you, sitcoms that you mentioned. Yeah, could you compare it fairly? Do you think to something that didn't last as long, like Everything Sucks? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, I suppose. It had everything sort of obviously had that nostalgic element to it as well, which I was trying to work out when this was, and I think it's meant to be present day. Two thousand one, she says. Oh no, they moved to yeah, they moved just after nine eleven. The parents, but I I think this is meant to be present day because you've got the Instagramming and the Snapchatting and all that jazz. So uh, social media plays a large part in this. I I I think it's meant to be present day. So there's that. I, I think it's. It's a, it has got elements of that in the in the um, I can't remember the name of the character now who was the one who realised she was gay and and there is a character in this Kate, actually who, who who has a similar arc in this one of the supporting characters and the supporting characters feel fleshed out as well which is something I like like the friends get their own storylines as it goes on I, I've I've seen I haven't read them but I, I've seen the headlines of a couple of reviews where it says it finds its voice as it goes on. And I think that's a good way to put it, really. Mm. I think if you just watch that first, ep- as with a lot yeah. of first episodes, there's a lot going on and a lot to digest. They've got to in- connect you with the world, introduce you to where you yeah. are. I, the only reason was because of normal people. I was like, I'm just going to watch this and then 
perhaps three more normal. But this people. has been a really nice diversion for me. I've not been feeling well again. It's yeah. it's 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 nice, but it has got things going on under the surface. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's got its part in free yeah. and easy, breezy, yeah. breezy show. It's got depth to it. I can it's tell got, that from the first. Yeah, one. and it's got its heart in the right place. And I think you would like if you do go on. I think you would like it, and I think you would get something from it. I don't think it's just. I think the John McEnroe thing is a bit of a, a curveball, but even his, because he is doing it like this is this is me do me John McEnroe yeah. narrating this and. It will go for it occasionally. I didn't understand a word of what that was just said. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just him doing like little asides, and and at one point it's uh, Davy will is has been. Great. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brandon is doing chores and he says, this is like doing golf commentary rather than tennis commentary. Let's find something more exciting. And he, and he goes to see what Fabiola's doing instead. No, I, I like, I, what, I, what I saw I liked and I definitely will. And that okay. actually, the episode six, which I've just watched, which is the episode that focuses on Ben is really good as well and has, as I say, Andy Samberg narrating it. And it also has a cameo from uh, one of Mindy Carling's um, office colleagues, uh, Angela oh, from Andy the office. Kinsey. Yeah, That's it. I can't remember her surname, uh, who plays his mum very briefly. Uh, but no, I, I, I really like this. It's a real, uh, it's a nice sort of palate cleanser after normal people, which was, yeah. which was very real and raw. Whereas this, is a little bit heightened because it's a US sitcom, but still has the themes, like real life themes, real things going on under the surface. So, uh, and again, I'd be interested if you do watch more again, maybe next week or in a couple of weeks to see where you've got on it and to have a conversation about maybe at least some of the series, if not the whole series. Basically what we're saying, come back next time. Come back next week. You know, we're putting those hooks in there now for people to come back. What I will just say briefly is that people say, you know, kids don't watch TV, blah, blah, blah. Netflix does seem very adept Mm -hmm. at at talking to this audience, Mm -hmm. don't they? We've had, just this year, we've had um, I'm Not Okay With This, which I really enjoyed. Very different show. But again, something that you just... I think, and I know we... we, didn't talk about it till the end, but I think you enjoyed that more than I did. I had a few problems with it. Um, I think well, it you... was problematic. It was problematic, mm. but I just yeah. thought all the performances, yeah. particularly the central performance, was so yeah. engrossing that I could kind of. And again, in this, I think I and as I say, I don't. I, I'm looking at this name now, and I really don't want to butcher the the actress's name, but she is excellent and re- and 
believable in this role, as are the whole cast, really. There's not a, a weak link. Every, even though some of the supporting players, as, as we said this with normal people, feel more generic high school tropes than others, even like the jock who is the, the character in the first episode who she credits with healing her at the, mm. at the swim meet, he has a, a bit more depth to him. He's got a sister with Down syndrome who he's protective of. So there, there's, there's even those elements to all these supporting players, which I appreciated. And probably by the end of the day, I will have watched all of these because most of the episodes are just over 20 minutes long. So it's, it's, it is US sitcom length, really. And can we just end this portion by... I, I just had another point about normal people that I just thought about now. And it's not about the show, but it's about the placing of it on these double bills on Monday nights yeah. that a lot of the episode lengths are very varied. Some of them are as, as low as like 21 minutes. So yeah, the it's in finale is 21 minutes. Yeah. It? But there are some more in there that are only sort of 21 minutes. I think maybe the next set episode seven, maybe. So it, it's interesting to see that they're putting this on in an hour block, but it's not going to last the hour. So mm. I just, I just, when I was watching it and and looking at the different episode lengths, because it's it's not like a BBC One show where it is all half an hour. A lot of these made for online, they have differing episode lengths, don't they? Which I like, and I like, and I think that might be another positive is that because you're not constricted by broadcasting lengths, that you're freer mm. to tell the story that you want to tell. Okay, so. Let's see what we talked about on Sunday. Let's go beat the chasers. This is ITV stripping their daytime quiz show, tarting up the format and putting it on prime time at 9pm. If you are familiar with the chat, I'm going to assume people are familiar with the chase so I don't have to set up the whole chase thing. Go on. I want to... <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. I've it's, got the well, time. it's basically... Big quiz brains, members of the public taking them on to win some money and then yeah. trying to stop them winning that money. That's basically the chase. So how it? does this differ from the original? Well, in the 9pm Beat the Chasers show, all four of the chasers... Five. five. I knew I was wrong. All five <laughs> of the chasers uh, come together as a team in what looks like the set of celebrity squares. The contestants are picked randomly, in quotes... By Bradley Walsh. It's a live studio audience. It's very rowdy. They're asked a set of questions to see how much money they would win. It's the then... initial thing is multiple choice questions. questions. Each is worth a thousand pounds, but if you get the first question wrong, you're out. You don't get yeah, to proceed any further. Yeah. The the minimum amount of chases you can take on is two, and that would be for your money that you won in that first round. You get a minute on your clock. They start with 40 seconds on their clock. Then for each additional chaser, you get more money, but they will also ask for more time on their clock to answer mm -hmm. the questions. Yeah. So it's a shorter gap, more brains, but less, but more money for you. And it's that's similar to the chase. It's basically like a reverse version of yeah. the 5 p.m. show, isn't it? It's difficult to review this, really. Because it's a game show and it's about answering questions okay, correctly and it's about how good the chasers are and against I, the clock. I think Did... we can be critical of the format itself. Yeah. 
did it draw you in is my first question <laughs> i think it did but because i like the chase yeah it lost a lot of what i like about the chase it somehow it didn't have the tension even though mm. they were against the yeah no i get no... that it takes the sort of the personality the element. intimacy away from it yeah as the, well. bradley walsh gets a lot more to do you know in terms of his comedy interactions with I the know. contestants they had that. like a, a priest who was dressed as a monk in the first episode uh, and he got a lot of jokes out of that the the one thing that got me was that the chasers all saying if you've never watched the chase they've all got their own identity so you've got like the beast the governess and on the 5 p.m show they all dress us in a certain way in this show they were all color coordinated to have the mm. red and black motif of the sh- of the show i think it made them look like they were all servers at like a tgi, TGI fridays yeah. restaurant yeah. especially uh, and Hegarty with a little cravat thing that she wears they should have told people it was their birthday and see whether they clapped or not yeah. and i think the the way that they're framed it almost makes it feel gladiatorial doesn't it i mm. think that's why they're sort of raised up in this big stage the lines that they get seem very scripted like yeah. Paul Sinner at one point said something about a member of JLS and where they were from and their their interplay felt very forced I think it works when it's one of them because they have I, I think maybe that's what you mean it loses the intimacy because it's the banter between the one chaser and the contestant whereas here they're almost trying to outdo each other and they all feel a little bit lost yeah it's and better when one on one. And I would say the other problem with the format is the same problem that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire suffers from is that if you do get on board with a contestant and really root for them, that when it's over and you have to start again with somebody else, the momentum is lost mm. and you're like, oh, we're at the beginning again. I don't. Yeah, I I didn't find that because I don't think you're there ever. Whereas millionaire, you're there with them for a long time. Mm. It's very short. You know, you've got the initial up to five questions round. So essentially, without all the banter, it's two minutes more or less that they've got the questions wise. It's filled up with the Bradley Walsh bits, with the chasers all giving their offers, and I think they're at a slight disadvantage because they have to wait for their name to be called after they buzz. That's your you, quiz brain thinking. You know also that the uh, that this is a primetime show because it, the first episode leaves you on a cliffhanger. To be honest, though, I would have liked to have seen where that went because... Mm. Well, um, you'll have to watch Tuesday's show then, won't I you? Won't. I'm over it now, but at the, t- <laughs> at the time... At the time. I, yeah. I mean, it did hold my attention because I do like quiz shows, as we both do, so I, I thought I will put this on in the background while I do other things, and then I ended up into it, certainly when they were answering questions, because that's the thing about quiz show at the end of the day, is you want to play along, and I found myself doing that. But it almost moves at too quick of a pace mm. for you to really... It's well, almost... at some point, during the quiz elements it does, and then you feel like it's very slow when Bradley's with the contestants. I, I knew it would be, and it wasn't a surprise, but just for me, I didn't like the fact that it was a big event and that it was this big the thing. Like, down element yeah, of it. who's going to be coming down to face the chasers and just the massive arena and all that. Because what I like about the chase is the fact that it's menacing, it's tiny, and it's edge of your seat when it's really good. Although putting all four, five chasers together is a, a fun idea. The execution wasn't 
quite the show I was hoping it would be. It worked better when they were all together when they did the Let's Sing and Dance for Comic Relief and they were the Wizard of Oz characters. <sighs> You're not wasting your isolation time. <laughs> so well, that, it is... that was several years ago, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know. When did this year start? January? I don't know. <laughs> March. Um, <laughs> March, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, Beat the Chasers is on all week long. Uh, next week on ITV. If you turn on ITV between 9 and 10, you will find it. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com Finally, then... I can't believe we're nearly at the end. And I know but you're also... going to ask me to run through what happens in devs, aren't you? <sighs> right, so hang on. <laughs> I can feel so it. what I should say, devs is on BBC2. It's also, as the world is now, all on the iPlayer. Gary, I spoke. we spoke to about it briefly. He really enjoyed it, and I wondered whether it would just be too inaccessible to me. It's Alex Garland uh, from Films Ex Machina and... Um, Annihilation? I'll try and run through it. It's about this company called Amaya. It's a tech company. The employees almost seem to live in like a little village near the office. I don't know if you got that as well or is it just me? That That reminded me of the Hank Scorpio village in the Simpsons episode. It's very You Only Live Twice. Move twice. I want to say Cedar Rapids, but it's not that, is it? Something Creek. Cypress Creek. Cypress Creek. They reminded me of Cypress Creek. We've got Lily and Sergey, who are both coders. And early on, he gets recruited by the head of this company, who's a character called Forrest. He's run by Forrest. Oh, cleverly done. Played by Nick Offerman, as Gary mentioned last week. Devs is is a sort of mysterious part of the company. It's never really explained in this first episode what it is. No. Sergey starts working there. He's given a very vague thing about looking at some code. I didn't get it at first what he'd done, but apparently no, he impla- implanted the code onto his watch. And from there, then there's a sort of conspiracy about what happened to him after that. I won't go into mm. it. I, I don't think... Well, you I, you can do, because it's it's all been on the uh, telly already. I suppose if people are, are sort of okay. going to watch this at some point, there's a mystery around what happened to him next. He doesn't come home. Lily, his girlfriend, is suspicious of what happened. There's a bit of a cover-up. The guy who played David Lee in The Good Wife plays the head of security and is very yes. shifty throughout. Yes. I didn't hate this. I didn't hate it. Because when do I ever hate something, really? Mm-hmm. But in the same way, I didn't connect to it. There's been a couple of shows in this golden age of TV that we're in where a lot of them are, are well look, looked upon, but they're more experiences than TV shows. So I'm looking at the OA on Netflix, which people adore, but I just couldn't get on board with because it was just spangly music, which this has a lot. Somebody's given somebody a a keyboard and just said go mad visually it looks really good but it's people talking about something that you're not Mm. quite sure what they're talking about it's a world that you don't quite understand i just found myself confused and then you've got the central mystery element which is something i would normally be interested in but i found the characters quite cold I didn't really like her very much, the girlfriend who is supposedly going to turn sleuth 
in the coming episodes. And I have a sense with this from people that I've seen subsequently that you don't really get answers going through. And I think that would be something that if I stuck with it, it would really frustrate me because I don't want to spend hours and hours just being really confused. Because sometimes I feel like, have they explained it and I've just missed it? Or am Mm. I not supposed to know what's going on? Yeah, I didn't hate it because... I have to have proper reasons to hate it. It's just not my yeah. type of show. What you said earlier about normal people where they just plant you straight into the yeah. world and they did that here with devs, but I, I agree with you. I think it needed a little bit more explaining and it almost felt like it was deliberately obtuse. Yes. Like we are issue. trying I really to wrote confuse the you. lines of dialogue down, but mm. I stopped because there was too many and I just thought mm. to just relay them on the podcast and would you're, be pointless. But. And you're right, and it's not a world that, like you, I'm particularly familiar with. Before the incident with Sergei, after he leaves devs, they, you don't really know what it's about. No, and that's no. 25 minutes into the into the first episode. I really struggled to get through this first episode. I had to put it down and come back to it. Mm. And saying that, you know, I've watched five normal people this week and this was this is less than an hour, isn't it? It's about 50, 50 minutes. minutes yeah. The fact that you know exactly how many minutes it is. I is looked at the clock a lot. <laughs> and actually, I didn't think the performances were that good either. I found that the two ostensible lead, leads in this first episode, Sonoya Mizono, and uh, Carl, Carl Glusman as, as Lillian Sergei, I found very off-putting. There wasn't a lot of weight to their performances. No, they're a bit empty, aren't they? And then Nick Offerman was the other way. He was really over the top, like this guru-type character who would just appear at random. That Grenier, who I mentioned before, I, I really like in, in The Good Wife. Here he was very one-note as this suspicious head of security the one person who i thought might do better as it goes on because she didn't have a quite a lot to do here was alison pill and i know gary mentioned her last week no, as she's well supposed to be one of the shining yeah moments of it and i and i, I think her one scene her one big scene in this with her character katie with sergey was an intriguing part of it but as you say this is very visual there's these virtual reality toddler girl toddlers Mm-hmm. randomly around the the facility yeah. um, i mean yeah, it is, just wasn't the for me implication that they're making humans or something i may mm. have just missed the point yeah i mean i read I, I read a little bit on about what happens in future episodes and there's something about forrest character having lost his daughter at a young age who is the big statue Amaya. that you see yeah and a and her name was amaya which is what he's named the company yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think I, things, I'm with you I, yeah, again. Certain things on yeah. it, just, mm. just you know, like when when he in- explains devs to me, to him rather, and he goes, "Just sit down. What am I supposed to be doing? I'm not going to tell you. You'll know." And yeah. I just find it sometimes just so pretentious. And I think it is a show. Looking at my timeline, that people are either on board from the word go and really interested or they just find it completely impenetrable. And although I didn't find it completely impenetrable, I'm not going to go any further than this first episode. But Jackson, who wrote the review 
on the site now is is more praising of it. So and he mentioned that, it to you as well when you talked yes, to him a few weeks yeah. ago on the podcast as well, didn't So he? if you want to have a bit more of an in-depth look at the series, then uh, his review is up there over at the website, thecustardtv.com. Devs, if, it, it, you'll know quite early on, I think, whether this is your sort of thing or not. Mm. So if you want to get in touch with the pod, there are several ways. You can rate and review us on all the podcast apps. That'd be very, we'd be very grateful if you were to do that. Um, also, our Twitter at Custard TV Pod and the website where the whole thing lives, the custardtv.com. TV is still on, just in a different way than we thought. It's weird, weird. Bye. See ya. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.